Welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. We are back. The Premier League has returned and so has Sean Dyche to break Arsenal hearts this weekend. Me and Jack, as always, are here to review the weekend fixtures. It's been a strange one. Liverpool firmly in the mud after a devastating loss against Wolves. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> Arsenal and Man City's title charges stutter a little, both suffering away losses. Man United continue their form, so does Rashford, and we've got the rest of the Premier League fixtures as always. Jack, my friend, how are you today? Never been better, mate. Love it. Another 3-0 loss. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think this might be the first pod that we've since we've started that both our teams have lost. I could be wrong. Fitness. Says more about Arsenal's consistency than Liverpool's, I'd say. <laughs> I think so, I think so. But we've, we've been losing a lot. <laughs> we've been losing you plenty, know. mate. Just been waiting for you. Mm, I mean, we called it last weekend. And anyone who's listening to last week's pod would have heard my trepidation when I realised that Sean Dyche was returning um, in his first game was against Arsenal. And I proved to be completely right. There's every reason to be nervous. We may as well jump in straight into that one, since I can see you put it first on your on your list. Of course, mate. This yeah. will, every Everton game is going to be first from now on. While the Sean Dyche bounce is active. Uh, we may as well just call this Dyche Ball Pod from now on. The amount of free publicity yeah. that we're giving the man. Mate, I love it. Literally, I was like, 1-0 to Everton. It's written. And it was the mm. most Dyche. It was the most Burnley way to do it as well. Ex-Burnley players, yeah. managed by the ex-Burnley manager. Even it the, was even a masterclass. Even the goal it was a strange one. They had such a narrow formation, which really mm-hmm. negated the fact that we were really wide. Um, it was that classic Sean Dyche V. I don't know if you know it. It's just DCL leading from the front, and it's literally like the red arrows. Um, yeah, mate. Oh, yeah, just could, we just couldn't couldn't really get through. I don't think any Arsenal fan could look at that and the way we performed and thought we deserved to get anything from the game. It was all Everton first half. They they were whiskers away from scoring, and we just never really got a foot in the game. And so you have to give it to the master, the masterful Sean Dyche, the kryptonite of Arsenal Football Club. Again, yeah, he's done it again. He's done it again. And it he's shows, it it, literally, if Lampard had been sacked now, this would have been a 3-0 to Arsenal. Easy. Would have walked him. Would have it walked shows him. how good Sean Dyche is at just organising players to not lose, which is such an underrated skill, especially at the moment, when so many managers are struggling to just stop the rot just comes in mm. most informed team in Europe probably bang clean sheet <laughs> no dramas that's amazing yeah it was pretty brutal I mean you know what interesting stat for you here but that is two goals in two Premier League games that we have conceded from a corner after not conceding from the corner for the whole season so Ooh. is there a lapse here yeah, there's no shame in conceding a Sean Dyche set piece goal but we have prided ourselves on the way that we defend set pieces, especially corners this season. So I hope we're not seeing a lapse in determination from this Arsenal side. Because it's easy, isn't it? It's easy to get complacent at the top. It's been a while now as well. Could be. Yeah. I we never really looked like happened, we were going to get it. You have these yeah. little wobbles and it's how it's how the team reacts now. Basically, as long as you win next week, it doesn't matter. And it's become even less consequential as we'll get on to based on other mm-hmm. results but yeah I did really enjoy that it came from a corner and they were hitting the same corner every single time they got the opportunity just a deep corner to the back post just flood the centre backs at the back post and it worked and of course it was James Harkowski who scored it delivery from Kyle Neal Sean Dyche's oh, son just amazing amazing made in Burnley executed in Goodison fucking amazing I love it so much 
I'm glad you're taking a lot of enjoyment out of us losing because I will certainly be taking a lot of enjoyment in about two games. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> um, it's not yeah, so much this... you losing, it's just a masterclass. I've been, wait- I've been waiting for Sean Dyche to come back and I was a bit nervous after gassing him up for like mm. three months whether what he still had it. Me, and what worries me is that they were the most effective opposition. Bear in mind, we, we've lost to Man U already this season. We lost to City in the FA Cup recently. But... This was the first time we just didn't look like we were going to win. Or, you know, this is this is our worst performance. And this is what Sean Dyche does to us. And I just hope he hasn't inadvertently <laughs> released a blueprint on how to effectively deal with this current Arsenal mm. team. Because um, we were markedly worse, pretty much, in every department. Every department. You were, so. you were off the pace, to be honest, compared to your normal standards. Like Everton were a lot better. You were a lot worse than normal. And so mm. it made it very even and very contested. Um it's a strange one maybe this is the beginning of no rotation catching up or maybe it's just just one of those days you know there's nothing more to it I thought Thomas Party every time he comes off things get a lot worse so he seems to be the key man at this point because well, as soon as he went off they scored and I'm not saying there's a link but it's it was they happened as well when Lukonga came on for Party. you really see the difference and Jorginho was fine but Thomas Party is just so damn yeah, good at the moment. I mean, we all know TP5 is irreplaceable in this Arsenal team. I don't think Jorginho did that bad a job when he came on, but... No, neither. Understandably, just coincidentally... Yeah, understandably, the drop-off's there between yeah. him and Partey. And it's going to take him a, a few weeks, at least, to get up to speed with the Arsenal team as well and his role within it. So, yeah, 12.30 kick-off on a Saturday. Very disappointing start for the weekend for me. And... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't really in the mood for watching much football after that, but... I don't blame you. So I've actually, I've got a little quote from our Everton correspondent, John Humphreys, which I'm going to read to you, because I was curious. I'm obviously excited that Sean Dyche is there, but what's the Everton perspective, listener? Nice. Sorry, I've I've just curtailed this, Hugh. Right, this is me speaking as John, through the medium of John. Firstly, the fact that we narrowed it down to Deitch and Bielsa, who are probably the two most different coaches you could imagine, tells you everything you need to know about how badly run we are at board level. But I'm not going to get into that too much because this will never end. Clearly, in the situation we're in, Deitch was the right choice, and that's even more the case after we somehow managed to end the transfer window with a weaker squad than we started it with. I think people underestimate how ridiculous a job it was to keep Burnley in the Prem and usually well clear of relegation for so long. So I'm not necessarily buying into the view that the football has to be tough to watch if he gets more resources to work with. And I really agree with that point, by the way. I think mm. he, he was underrated. I think he's a smart guy, a good coach, who's a bit disrespected. And he said something before the Arsenal game, which was the minimum expectation is maximum effort, which is a very good start for Everton fans. And I think his team will always have a plan that they can win the game. And it never looked like that under Lampard. So final closing points are the Arsenal game was basically a blueprint for what we should be like for the rest of the season aggressive in in midfield hard working get bodies in the box a threat from set pieces organised basically just pure Sean Dyche stuff and yeah he thinks they deserve three points and I think that's probably true yeah I wholeheartedly agree with John there as well thank you very much for the quote it's good to to hear what kind of the fan base thinks of the appointment because I imagine it is a bit of a I don't know. You get the, the the prospect of Bielsa is a very nice prospect, isn't it? Very tasty. You know? mm-hmm. Even though it was not a match made in heaven, you'd still be like, I'd like to see it, just to see. Sean Dyche, very pragmatic, very pragmatic um, 
managerial appointment and more suited to this Everton side than Bielsa is so I wholeheartedly yeah. agree too he's the man they needed and a last point on Sean Dyche so while I was watching the highlights today Em made a point that she said he sounds like a pug and <laughs> kind of made a lot of sense because it does sound like he's struggling to breathe a little bit at all times <laughs> yeah he's so definitely go. got uh, he's definitely got nasal issues sinus mm. issues maybe because that nose does seem to be blocked <laughs> <laughs> no, no questions asked there Sean uh, <laughs> he is just a gravelly man you imagine you just he feel is. like he was probably born with gravel in his mouth and it's just never subsided yeah um, 100% but he's, a, he's a proper PFM and you know PFMs are a bit of an extinct breed within the Premier League these days he's going so. to become trendy it's going to go full circle in an era of everyone kind of being in the sort of he'll Martin be the hipster's favourite Mikhail yeah. Hitter old school yeah. Sean Dyche making people eat worms and stuff mate throwback mate whatever they're feeding up there it's doing wonders so congratulations <laughs> Everton big win big win but you spoke of an inconsequential kind of result for Arsenal and people are already mm-hmm. perplexed as to why well let us tell you why Tottenham Hotspur 1 Manchester City nil. something's going on at City something's going on you know it's almost so, like uh, they keep uh, getting rid of first team players and not replacing mm, them could so, be could be yeah. you, you felt like they could have really done with subbing off either Kyle Walker or Rico Lewis at some point today but no I- I didn't even understand I didn't even understand the formation if I'm honest it felt like a very pet formation it seemed like there were five wingers slash maybe seven or eight fullbacks and wingers on the pitch and then just Rodri just Rodri in the middle like mm. holding it down it was it was just odd it was really weird no KDB what's up with that like, going no on. Gundogan something's, something's going on something's going it, on it, it's just very strange and you think like if you picked like at the start of the season your best City eleven this was like 50% of the way there realistically so like I don't, know, yeah. what I don't know what they're up to they're just getting rid of like so many like really good first teamers and they haven't really replaced them properly they've got Haaland and Alvarez in and just stripped back everything else what we can take away from this clear out is City are going to go massive in the summer we're going to yeah. see because they calmed down a little bit haven't they City I think they hit their kind of absolute ceiling in terms of wages and overall spend mm-hmm. and I think it's yeah, but I don't think it's going to happen my man because the UEFA is. spotlight is on them everyone knows if they do anything naughty UEFA will come down hard oh they'll find a way to get sponsored by Abu Dhabi for 200 mil just to have an ankle sponsor mm. who knows they're very creative when it comes to revenue streams and with this yeah, multi-club model bro it's just a creative way of moving your, your cash around so I well, mate, suspect the most money from sponsors in world football more than Real Madrid and I totally believe that that's true with all those mm-hmm. fans globally. biggest club in the world City you've been yeah. around for years um, <laughs> yeah but you know back to the game it does seem a bit off something's, something's off it's just, it's suspicious City don't look like that guy they don't look like that team they're not the same beam off that was that we've seen in the last couple of seasons not the same City that Liverpool were tussling with last season this is a new dawn and let's talk about Haaland didn't have a shot on goal wasn't in the game but the thing the, the worrying thing is is City aren't even looking for him the guy's making runs obviously they mm-hmm. found him quite a lot this season obviously from his goal exploits there's no doubt in that but they just didn't find him this game and nor without KDB they don't seem to be looking for him you know Grealish is holding on to the ball too long mm-hmm. it's, it's a weird one it's a weird one and you just think with someone like Haaland in your team 
you would try and find him a bit more often. He's your weapon, you know. I agree, but maybe, maybe they feel like they're too one-dimensional if they only look for him. Maybe they're trying to bring the variety that they had. Yeah, but they season. look they look zero-dimensional, mate. When they don't look for him, there was nothing. Wow, it was, it was a very, very, very tepid city performance. It was, it was. They were rubbish, and yeah, the city that I remember in title races, they punish you. Any little dropping points, boom. On your back, mm-hmm. three points well, breathing down your neck. I fully expected it, right? Exactly, because you know this is a massive opportunity for City to to gain some points on us, and this is what champions do. And they've been champions past four to five years, so logic would have suggested they should have absolutely turned Tottenham over. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, Tottenham in their current form. But you know what? Spurs actually did really well. They channeled the ghost of Conte, who's had surgery and he's resting, so he wasn't at the match. They mm-hmm. did him. They did him justice with a very Conte performance. Like defended their box very very well got the early goal and then just counter-attacked relentlessly every time they never let the City dominate or get into a rhythm in the middle you know they pressed them they harassed them and they just disrupted them you know City would never City are good that they can create chances out of nothing but City were never really in control of the match you know no no I mean Son Definitely looks like some confidence has returned. The mask is off. Maybe the man's unleashed. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but after two goals against Preston in the in the, in the previous game, he's looking really on it. And I he was bursting mm-hmm. through the middle on, on, on a number of occasions. So about Harry Kane, now Tottenham's highest goal scorer in all competitions. Wow, crazy! One more than Jimmy Greaves, two hundred and sixty-seven. That is pretty wild, that isn't it? It's actually a crazy number when you think about it. It's actually insane. The fact that he's gonna he's gonna get to three hundred, like by the end of next season for Spurs I know it's not a trophy but it is definitely worth something you know oh, adoration I know it's, it's it's a really kind of easily used joke that he hasn't won anything in terms of team trophies but I think to be you know a big club like Tottenham I've never thought you'd hear me say on the pod to be top <laughs> scorer you know for, for a club like Tottenham mm-hmm. yeah how long was Jimmy Greaves top scorer for maybe 50 years? 50 years, yeah, who knows? 50, like 45 years? That's a long time to be to be holding a record. And Will we see another one like Harry Kane in 50 years? Who knows? Who knows, you know? So, yeah, full credit to him. And his goal was really well taken. We should speak about Kjolberg because he was absolutely phenomenal this game, mastering that midfield and breaking up and starting counter-attacks, breaking up City attacks and starting mm-hmm. Tottenham counter-attacks. And that is how the goal started. That little pass to Harry Kane when he was kind of falling over the outside of his boot that is pretty damn determined isn't it it was pretty good he's brilliant he's actually so so good I don't remember how much money he costs but whatever it is he's worth more than that now for sure it's a really astute signing and a really good pick up because I feel like right now he'd walk into most most teams in the Prem maybe all the midfields in the Prem right now because he's kind of got it all I'll take him I'll take him yeah he's really turned it around considering my opinions of him a year ago yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I think he's. I think he's really good. A really, really smart pick up. And if they have a few more creative players around him, they've got the core of a really exceptional midfield there. But yeah, Harry Kane, the goat, mate. I think the same way like Letizier or Gerard or like Totti are revered at their clubs. That's what he will have. That you know, trophies or not, he will always have a legacy at Tottenham and in world football. And over time, people really romanticise that. They'll be like, he didn't go for the money. He stayed at a club he loved and he was exceptional mm. for 15 years you know he's going to get 350 goals probably by the time he hangs it up if he stays there and that is worth something but do he'll you be think, nice to a trophy as well do you think he'll beat the Premier League record 100% 100% I 
I'll put money on it. How much is there left? 61 goals now, is it? I think he scored 200 with this one. Yeah. 200 goal. So that's probably three seasons of work for him. You reckon? You reckon? I feel like these, these final 60 are going to be the longest 60 ever. Yeah, but if you know Harry Kane and how much he loves goals, he's not going to stop. He's going to be like Ronaldo. He's going to be 37. They'll drag him on just to take a pen and then they'll take him back off. He'll yeah. get there. I know. I'll I, I, I put it on now. I don't think he's ever leaving the Premier League. Even if he chooses to go to United or a bigger team, he will not be leaving the Premier League just so he can break that record. I am positive of that. I think he's going to stay. I think he's just going to stay at Spurs at this point. Mm, mm, well, they need more performances like this to convince someone like Harry Kane to stay. You know, coming mm. up to a critical summer in terms of what his future lies. And there's been murmurs of a new contract. Wouldn't surprise me. Although, me, if it was any other team, it would surprise me. But for some reason, the Spurs players are just stupidly loyal to the team. So He's a Spurs eh. boy, though. He loves it, you know. But yeah, nah. very, very big result for Arsenal and Spurs. What a nice thing. North London working mm. together. I know. I wonder how Spurs fans feel, you know. It's a very kind of mixed. bittersweet. Yeah, a very bittersweet, right? But yeah. I think this is just such a big monumental result I feel like had City won then that would be it game over I think they'd have just chased down one of those 13 game winning runs and that would be it but now Arsenal favourites again it just it swung like that within 24 hours it was crazy mm-hmm. it felt like Arsenal mm-hmm. morale heads were down on Saturday morale was down and now just gloss over never happened you know what it means back on it that game that game on the 15th is so so big now Man City Arsenal is it next week or is it the week after it, oh, it's a midweeker. So it's a midweeker, baby. Fifteenth of Feb. So it's like Champions it League pods, and oh my god, keep it free, keep it free. Who the hell has scheduled this Champions League? No, week? there's no Champions League, is there? I think Champions so. League is like March, isn't it? Listener, we'll check during the break because I'm one of us sure. is wrong, and it's probably me. <laughs> I've played enough football manager <laughs> to, to to remember the scheduling now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right, on to the next game. Wolverhampton Wanderers 3, Liverpool 0. Oh, oh dear. Wow. We are in it's crisis. It's how things we turn are, around, isn't it? We're in crisis, mate. We are fully in crisis now. We're actually a joke team. I would say right now, no one, there is no team that anyone would rather play than Liverpool right now. I think we're honestly bottom of the pile. Because everyone down below, like, looks okay. They're showing a lot of energy and a lot of fight even Everton now so that was the last one Southampton picked up a bit I think it's Liverpool I think Liverpool are the worst team right now in the league on form the fear factor's gone any fear factor this is Anfield this is bigger all of that nonsense is gone now I feel like people looking at that Liverpool team they're like right let's be having you <laughs> oh, 100%. it's just so inevitable though it's I don't it's painful sit here and we could go through each each goal of that 12 minute period and we could talk about it. there's no point it's the same no. thing it's just a different 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 cast to die I mean what is going on with this Liverpool malaise you know what I, I mean no like, what's going on what is going on you can basically write the script what happens is we'll start the game we'll give away a big chance they'll miss no one will wake up no one will learn from it then we'll concede then we'll be like brilliant we've conceded heads will drop and then that, the game's done the game's already lost at that point. Ten minutes in, the game's usually over. Um, some horrible stats. So, our top scorer since the World Cup. Do you oh, know who it is? Wait, wait, don't tell me. It's going to be someone awful, isn't it? It's going to be like fucking Matip or something, isn't it? It's so much better. 
Valt Fires. Was it Valt Fires? Oh my God, no. back. That's our top scorer since the World <laughs> Cup. Because he got two home goals for us. And no one else has got more than one. Oh, that's shocking. I've got <laughs> yeah. a naughty stat here for you as well. You might have it there, actually. Um, 20% of Wolves' goals this season have come against Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Wolves, oh, my God. I didn't even clock that this is actually Wolves, Wolves who couldn't score a goal to save their life. When did Wolves ever score three goals? That'll be the last time oh Wolves scored three goals. I know, oh, it's crazy. Is, the drop this is off a new is low. Just, it's just nuts. Losing 3-0 to Brighton and Brentford is one thing, but losing 3-0 to Wolves is a whole different kettle of fish. It's like losing 3-0 to Southampton. That's inevitable. we got Everton, I believe, belief. next week. Mm. Going to get slapped by the Deitch. Maybe. Um, if that happens, uh, I don't want to sit here and, you know, parrot clop out because I think managers should be given time. It, my concern with it and why it's even a conversation is just it doesn't look like he knows how to turn it around. The general no, demeanour is off. Do you know what I mean? Like, his demeanour's off now. His touch... Like, yeah. This is, this is not... This is not pumped up fist clenching Klopp from previous seasons this is it's just defeated Klopp just he does look defeated doesn't he I feel he like does. I feel like he's just struggling to comprehend what is even happening anymore and he what he needs he needs something to to spark the fire in him again because right now he's he's done he's lost yeah but he's the defeated. Wind, transfer window's passed I don't. Mm. I don't necessarily mean a transfer. I just mean something. He needs one of the players oh, to pick it up. Oh, someone to yeah, take control. And the players need to pick me up. And last season that was Louis Diaz. I remember he come in, and he just he raised the levels mm. again for that final push. You know how could you not? It's infectious when you watch Louis Diaz. That was the pick me up because I feel like you were a little bit muddled until we come in last year. Still, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. really hit your pomp going into that second half of the season with Mane up top and. Diaz on the left that was a really really nice Liverpool team we could talk about the quad we've spoken about the quad so many times the quad down is how I'm going to call it going forwards he he Mm. but even that doesn't quite explain it I just feel like it's the end of a cycle with this Liverpool team and maybe Klopp's a part of that cycle it is the seventh seventh season syndrome kicking in for sure Mm. but it does look particularly bad um I don't know who's to blame. Is FSG to blame? Are the players to blame? Like, seems like they're just down tools at the moment. Um, here's my thoughts, though. Right. I love Jürgen, by the way. I fucking love Jürgen. I just want to say, on reflection, I think the players are the most to blame right now. I really feel like a lot of them need to actually look at themselves and think, do I deserve to be playing here? And do I deserve, like, all the all the like trophies and all the good times that I've got that I'm just going to drop? drop my standards until Klopp's gone now because it seems like a lot of them don't are not buying into it anymore and I'm not I'm, I'll be honest I'm putting the blame more on the players right now because think about how many average players that he's turned into like world class players during his mm. tenure Robertson relegated left back he was like Matt Target he was, he was mm. no one you know and he's turned him into someone that we consider one of if not the best left back same with Trent you know same with Matip. Matip, free transfer, just a squad mm. player. Last season, outperforming VVD. Like Salah, Mane, they were like pretty good wingers for like mid-table. Now top 10 best players in the world. Last season for the last few years. So he's taken a lot of players and brought them to a place that they never would have got without him. And I think some of them need to just take a look at themselves and take a bit of responsibility to drag him through the hard patch that he's having now. 
because so they've just, just given up on him. You reckon there's an element of players down in tools? I just wouldn't suspect that from this Liverpool team. The players look like they're down tools. There's no energy. There's no composure. There's no like. There's no care. Seems like there's no care. I don't know what's up with them, but something needs to come in. I don't know if we need to like bring in extra people into the backroom staff or like. I've seen rumours of bring Gerald back. Just bring Gerald back to just give him a bollocking, mate. As like a coach, fuck it. Gerald's not getting any work anytime soon, you know. Give him a contract to the end of the season. Try some stuff. Bring some new authority figures in there because yeah, it's it's not acceptable. And I don't know who would come in to replace Klopp at the moment. I was having to think, and I was like, Tommy too cool. It's written. Too cool. It? Yeah, it's written. too cool. Luis Enrique's out there. I don't know enough about him to know if stylistically it would make any sense. Sedan is still out there. Might is he good? Is he not? He won four Champions Leagues in a row, so I guess he is. But you just don't know, do you? No, and then I, mean, I don't know where Liverpool go from here. I mean, Klopp's being considered, if not the best current football manager out there, bar Pep. People That's what I mean. at times have put him ahead of Pep. So, if you looked at Liverpool in tenth, and let's say Rodgers is still in charge, and you look at all the managers and Klopp's there, you'd be like, we got to get him. He's by far the best option. And so that is that is how I feel. However, we can't keep losing 3-0 every week because you we can't you can't just do this forever. We will actually get relegated if we just keep losing 3-0 every week. So there is this that. Is it. But also maybe you just gotta write off this season now. You know, just get back Sack to finding a system that works with the second half of the season for next season. You know, the yeah. players have to bear some responsibility if they all start kicking a fuss because you're not in Champions League and want to leave, then you know what you need to say to them players, mate. Goodbye. See you later. Sayonara. Now let's go over mm. to the Midlands for I don't even know if this is considered a derby. But Aston to the Aston Villa two, Leicester City four. By far the most crazy game of the weekend. <laughs> Couldn't keep up at times. Um Yeah, it was a weird one. It was a weird one. Now my main takeaway on this one is Aston Villa played really well, actually. I know they conceded <laughs> four. Uh, but they created a lot. Bendia had a really good game and looks reborn under Unai. Um, mm-hmm. Bubakar Camera had an absolute Tyrone Mings off the Mings chart. This performance, mate, it was some of his. It's a full his... Tyrone, isn't it? That's a full Tyrone. So his when I was watching it, yeah, I thought it was Tyrone. I thought I it was Tyrone because he was in the position. Yeah, same. I was like, here we go. Well, I see it's, it's happening. But then I saw forty-four, and I thought, all oh, camera, yeah. literally. It was unbelievable. So, yeah, I just couldn't stop watching him. I'll give him a 9 out of 10 on the Ming scale for this one. I'll give him a full Tyrone, 10 out of 10. Full Tyrone? Goodness. He's given a goal away, mate. And he plays for Villa, so that, to me, yeah. is the ultimate Tyrone performance. That, that Let's talk about that goal he's given away. That is that is shocking. If it's you're scandalous. Unai Emery, you're going to fucking get him <laughs> walking the plank, mate. That's just shocking, yeah. isn't it? So bad. It was really bad. It was really, really bad. He felt like after that, it was just not going to be their day when you do no. stupid things like that <laughs> no no it's no just, it's a really bad sign no I just don't know what he was thinking with that and it all started off so well Ollie Watkins kind of did an Ollie Watkins special really at the near post didn't he just kind of got onto the second ball and mm-hmm. did like a weird drop kick that somehow ended up at the back of the net it was really weird it was um, really good he was really good actually Ollie Watkins again I think since Danny Ings well. has left he's been playing well and maybe mm-hmm. this is just speculation alright listen now Maybe the two of them didn't get on very well. Maybe the competition for places was actually negative on both of them because they both resented the other because they both thought they should be playing because neither of them were doing that great. But that's stupid, so, isn't it? Stupid yeah, but if that's you, the case. you never know. You never know. You mate, don't know. With footballers no, don't and egos, but 
he seems to be rejuvenated now that he is definitely the main man. He seems to be in a better place and scoring more goals, which is good. Shall we talk about Leicester? I thought there was a lot of exciting things about Leicester, aka James Madison returns. James they Madison returns, and they, they and they look, look good. good. They look good. Simple as that. Sometimes, <laughs> isn't it? Your best player comes back, and you look much better. Yeah. He, was, he was good. Got the opening goal. Generally looked pretty good. I think man of the match for me, Ian Acho. One goal, two assists, and just a ton of threat throughout the game. Feel mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he's now established himself as the JB Vardy replacement. Not Pats and Dakar. It should be Ian Acho who gets the chance to put together a run of form. Yeah, Ian Acho is a consistent game. And when he's on his when he's on his game, he's very very effective. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it feels it. like Rogers. Rogers doesn't trust him 100% still. He's he? a bit unnoticed though. I think he's one of those players that, a bit like Ozil, if they're not really doing much, it really looks like they're not doing anything. Mm. Um, do you think so? I do. I do get what you mean. Maybe there's just a he's just a victim of circumstance. You know, looks like he's doing less than he is, but he was excellent. Honestly, languid demeanors are the most kind of mis- misunderstood footballers out there at the moment. You know, if you're yeah. not pumping your chest and you know doing an Andy Robbo and going mad going purple on the face then you just get written off as like not caring enough I swear yeah you even try mate barely even yeah. runs do you even care it's like you know greatest player of all time mate Messi doesn't run an awful lot doesn't run he, an awful lot <laughs> he finds space by standing still running all the time does not make her for a good player it turns out no it's, it's in England that this is the, the kind of stereotype that you know if, if you're I think there's been loads of players that have made a career out of the fact that they're not very good but they run a lot a lot of oh, English 100%. players a lot of English players pretty actually. much yeah solely <laughs> and anyone who comes over to the Premier League and also runs a lot we immediately think they're a great player doesn't Absolutely. matter who it is look Scott McTominay is still doing it he's still running you know? <laughs> like, he's still there <laughs> absolutely oh we're so we're such simple people um, we are but on Leicester this was the debut for their three summer the three January transfer signings uh, Christensen Tete and Harry Suter and I just feel like this was a great throwback to Leicester doing good things like signing players mm. who aren't obvious in positions they need them and just yeah just like going back to the things that they were known for because I thought Christensen in particular had a really really good game and he feels like the kind of signing that Brighton would make which is a very high compliment in the current market he just looks good he's probably Someone that you would buy maybe like two, three years down the line because he's like 21, just come from Copenhagen. He looked good. And I'm mm. sure given the chance, he'll, he can easily be sold to someone for 60 mil in two seasons. Tete, Tete scored an amazing goal. Yeah. Great, great good. goal. Yeah. Um, Rogers seemed very excited about him, saying, We finally got uh, like a winger who's a true winger, you know, a true left footed winger. He seems to be insinuating they've been asking for that for the best part of six, six, seven months. So, what a difference it made, mate. And the guys on loan from Shakhtar until the end of July due to, well, the war in Ukraine, basically. So, we'll see how that plays out. But I'm sure they'll be looking to keep him beyond then. And then Harry Suter had an interesting game because he scored a, an own goal mm. that felt very harsh. Don't really know even how it happened. Rubber the green sometimes, but they won. So They did. You can put that to yeah, Harry Suter's mind. a Harry weird Suter. one. Do you think he's good? Apparently he's been quite good since the World Cup, but it does strike me that this might be one of them where had a good World Cup for a team that were expected to do nothing. 
might not be that good actually I like know. Harry Sutar because he has that yeah. funny kind of backstory where he plays for Australia but his brother plays for Scotland so it's oh, is it? really kind of fucking weird family football stories really yeah which one do you think is the better one then because I would have thought that playing for Scotland is slightly more difficult than playing yeah. for Australia but then Australia did quite well in the World Cup and exactly so let's go Harry let's go Harry because we know more about Harry yeah mate I don't even know the other guy's name I'm <laughs> just finding out about him right now so <laughs> who knows <laughs> right yeah. okay I think that's a good time to take a break what about you I agree I agree BRB listener Welcome back to From the Backseat. Um, our next game is Brentford 3, Southampton 0. Um, just very, very comprehensive yet again for Brentford. They just they just win games of football with such ease, don't they, at the moment. They're just they're just ruthlessly efficient. And they've got so yeah, many different good players. Southampton side, though. No offence, but... Bit harsh, but also very accurate. Um, what I will say <laughs> that highlights how good Brentford are is that if you were told they'd won 3-0 you would assume that Ivan Tony was a big part of that and he got no goals or assists in this game so I think mm. it shows the depth of their attacking weapons I mean as a Liverpool yeah. fan can't even buy a goal right now and you've got freaking you know such variety different goal scorers a centre back a forward and a midfielder all chiffing in in this game it's nice it's really nice mm. a really effective game I mean they've got quite an underrated from three of, is it Wissa? yeah by mine Tony all really good players we all know where the goal is as well made it look really easy today but I think Southampton also in fairness made it look really easy for them played into Brentford's hands and got torn apart really could have been a lot more you think about mm-hmm. Salisu's off the line um, clearance and you think maybe True. it could have been a lot more really yep yeah, I think this was the first game where I really noticed in Buemo in like a in a way that made me appreciate how good he actually is because like he's actually he's got all the qualities of like a like a high press model forwards like he's selfless he works really hard he's actually really big like he's really strong but he's also really fast and like he's creative he scores he assists he holds it up he's basically just got all the things and I'm now looking at him and thinking maybe this guy is actually an elite forward you know in the way that we we often look at players like Mane we looked at him in Southampton and we were like this guy scored a hat-trick the fastest hat-trick ever he hasn't scored in four months and you're like "Eh, it feels like there's something there not saying Mbomo's going to go on but you know what I mean all the ingredients are there and maybe he's an exciting player for me he's like what Shea Adams should be you know he's just got a bit more clinical he's a bit more clinical Shea Adams you know (laughs) same sort of um driving player though very explosive player and got very good technique as well in Bobo I'd like to see his goal contributions this season because I feel like he's been at the heart of a lot of it yeah he's really really good I really really like him I feel like he'd get into a lot of squads in world football right now he's just a very useful 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 player in the same way that Richarlison is that same kind of player just good at a lot of things you know arguably he's more effective isn't he but 
take over. We'll leave that debate for another day. Come I mean, on, there's mate. so much good things. Arsenal and Spurs about, are friends this weekend. Brentford. Come on, man. There's no need for that. We're all united. <laughs> I didn't say anything bad about him. That was last week. So mm, don't know what you're talking that's about. true. I just don't want to go over it. <laughs> Poor Richardson. <laughs> <laughs> now he was asked a question, Thomas Frank, at the end of the game. Are they dreaming of Europe? And he said no. There's no reason why they shouldn't be, though, is there? Based on current form as well. Just They're quietly getting away from Liverpool and Chelsea at this point. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't put it past them. You know, if, if we're going to say Brighton are in contention, then you have to say that Brentford are certainly in contention as well. So the cut-off is, what, seventh for the conference? Europe Conference League? I think League? so. Is it? One, yeah, top four, five Europa, sixth Europa, and then depending on who wins the League Cup... Mm. that will go you as the final spot but obviously it's going to be Newcastle and Man United who look like they're going to get Champions League anyway in which case it will go to 7th so yeah why not why not I mean you do feel like Chelsea are only at some point it's all just going to click for them they surely can't just keep rolling on so that is the main threat you would also assume at some point Liverpool will stop just losing and actually start playing not necessarily well but not terribly that seems less likely for some reason it does it does which is a shame because two weeks ago you were saying that you thought Liverpool might get back in the top four but you know since two weeks ago Chelsea spent another 250 mil facts (laughs) difference (laughs) yeah god damn we could have done with 200 mil this January (laughs) oh well so more on that I mean love to see Brentford up there I I I hope they don't get brightened. They, they seem to be a bit impervious. No one seems to be snapping up Brentford players in the same way that Brian players are getting, getting nah, snapped I think up. So they've been lucky there. They don't know how good they are yet. I think Mbwemo will be... Mbwemo and Tony will be the first to go and then we'll really see it. How do you start replacing your best players? That's the hardest mm. part. It's not getting them, it's, it's it's replacing them, isn't it? It's not even retaining them. It's just replacing them. Uh, but yeah pretty terrible defeat for Southampton but they went big mate in Jan I think they spent over 50 mil on new signings they got record signings they broke the transfer records so let's see let's judge them you know in a month once they've kind of bedded in the new players because they've gambled on survival they've backed Nathan Jones and he had some very interesting words post-match did you did you catch this? I did see them yes he was wasn't very happy I don't quite know what the quote was it was something like I didn't see myself in a lot of that performance yeah, well, he was saying stuff like he'd been pandering to some of the players because they were Premier League players and basically insinuating that because he's quite experienced and it's his first Prem job, he was maybe in awe of these players and not not putting in the kind of normal coaching structure that he would if they were Championship players, that he was kind of going outside of what he wanted to do because they were big egos or, you know, known, known mm. stars. So, it's a bit bit concerning if I'm honest if you brought in a manager and he's just said he's really struggling to manage the group because he doesn't feel like he can because he's too inexperienced but let's see what happens it was refreshing I guess yeah I mean it's nice to hear those comments because it's quite nuanced and people suspect it you know that was mm-hmm. a suspicion when Nathan Jones came in does he have the relevant experience for this job and we did say it felt like it was a higher for the championship the impending championship season that they're, they're probably going to have so watch that space he did do some good things though a couple of weeks ago and this season I'm probably getting quite boring keep saying it but like no other a couple of results <laughs> on the spin and suddenly you know they're 15th so he's just got to keep grinding away but he needs to he needs to start the process if he hasn't started it already with this squad 
He does because he, Everton he just became Everton just became a real team again. So it's just yeah. getting worse and worse down there. Fair enough. Well, well done, Brentford. Right, let's go. Man United to Crystal Palace one. And this was a fun game. Not so much for the actual football, but just for the kind of <laughs> the handbags. Yeah, the dramas <laughs> of it all. Um, yeah, quite a feisty game this one. It was a feisty game. I mean, I feel like it's weird, like because Palace and Man United only played like three weeks ago. It feels very weird that they're playing each other again in the league already. But it does make it quite nice because it almost feels like a double header, doesn't it? It's got that kind of feel where because Palace have just like scored an equaliser a couple of weeks ago, it feels like there's a little bit of nibble, a little bit of tension, you know, between the two sets of players. They haven't forgotten about what happened there. And I think that's oh, probably part of why it spilled yeah. spilled over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, One hundred. I mean, where do you want to start? I feel like I, I kind of want to just talk about Will Hughes first <laughs> because he had just a, a really a really tough day at the office, shall we say? You know, <laughs> gave away the penalty and then was just choked out by Casemiro a little bit as well. You just think like poor bloke, like he's just trying to do his best, and he's, things have never quite worked out for Will Hughes as we all expected, and now he's yeah, he's just getting choked. He's a very out by highly Casemiro. rated prospect, wasn't he, back in the day at Derby? Yeah, all about Will Hughes for a time. It really was. He was the he was the Phil Foden for at least a year. Everyone was talking about him. He was this kind of wonder kid, and it didn't really materialise. Stagnated somewhat, but he's still playing Premier League level. Let's not let's not put disrespect to his name. Unfortunate game yesterday for him. Penalty (laughs) was was a penalty. You know, there's no doubt about it. It was definitely a pen. Yeah. And Fernandes did his little shitey jump and skip. One nil. You know, That's what he does, mate. That's what he does. It's like Man United of old, though. How many times do you get a dodgy pen? It's mm-hmm. a sense of inevitability about it, and this is the problem with Man United. Is they've cast aside this kind of <laughs> joke of a team. <laughs> so I know, speak. mate. Um, and now they're playing like a really cohesive unit, and there's a lot of progress Ten Hag's made with this squad. Mate. In the months that he's been there. 13 wins in a row at Old Trafford now for Man United that's mad that's mad isn't it that's mad mad yeah so yeah all the credit to the big man yeah. Ten Hag we've said it a lot he's just the boss like every interview he is there's a seriousness to him and like a, you can tell like he's always in charge of the conversation you know reporters are trying to like <laughs> yeah. like get things from him and he's just like just cuts them down he's like nah shut up stop yeah. I think the first time I really noticed this was the Ronaldo situation and I just cannot get over how well he handled the whole thing. Just yeah. so direct. It was not it wasn't like one word was to Ronaldo and then the actions was another, or one word to the media and then in reality it was another. It was, it was exactly as he said it. Yeah. And he's been like that since since day one. He's been like that. <laughs> he has though. He actually has. Since day one. He said everything he's gonna do and he's done it. No bullshit. Yeah. And so you trust no. him now. You're like, if I fuck up, he's gonna tell me and then I'm done. You know, there's no wiggle room, there's no ambiguity. He'll no, just tell you. He'll no, be like, if you do that again, yeah, when, um, like Casemiro, you know, he talked to him and he was like, do that again, my man. You're out for a bit. Like, I mean, no... he said as much in the in the media. Yeah, you know, it's just like can't be doing that. No, you, you just can't. Oh, yeah, the first time I was really impressed with his man management as well. I remember the Brentford loss where they outran Man United. This is massive mm-hmm. stat. Which, let's be fair, if you lose a football game, you're probably going to have been outrun. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that was all. That was. It was kind of blown up. But anyway, he's used that to his advantage. And you all know the famous story now of, of him joining the, the squad and doing that distance around the Carrington training. So, 
just really good, isn't he? Yeah. He's just like, it's just like, why didn't you do this like 10 years ago, United? <laughs> yeah, literally. really fucking good. I don't know. They got there in the end. Do you know what's funny, start. actually? I started watching Ted Lasso. I don't know. Have you, have you watched it? I know his character. I ain't seen the series. So I started watching it this week and literally like the third or fourth episode, like obviously he's not having a good time um, with the players. So he does a race around the training ground and he's like, anyone who goes behind me has to do two more laps. And I was just like looking at this and I was like, surely Ten Hag hasn't watched this and got inspiration from this because this Mate, was like 2019 so or 2020 so funny wouldn't surprise it you know I've seen Arteta in um, the Prime documentary mm-hmm. who knows where managers get their inspiration but Jack just carry on I've got to let the cat in okay no worries so I'm just going to have some monologue right now where he lets the cat in so that's unfortunate for me I'm just going to talk about Marcus Rashford's probably probably the best player in the world right now is that hyperbolic? probably is but feels like every game Man United just start one goal up, basically. And that's a real blessing because they, they won this game 2-1 and that's because they have Marcus Rashford. If Marcus Rashford played for Crystal Palace, it would be 2-1 to Palace. He's literally unstoppable. <laughs> it's like a force of nature. That was and, a good rant on Marcus Rashford. I like that. Yeah, it's it's true though. Like, the guy is like... Yeah, he's the best player in the Prem by far right now. Mate. Best player you know in the world what? on form. His goal really showed the difference in underperforming Rashi versus really confident Rashi because it was almost just a little poke wasn't it it was yeah. kind of half-hearted I'm just going to poke it towards goal and it goes in but do you remember Rashi before be on goal be charging in and the next thing you know he's just blasted it skewed it wide he's in the you know? zone he's not overthinking it he's just he's in, in that zone. tiny tiny Hag. zone now isn't he the focus Ten Hag has just simplified it for Rashford and being like mm-hmm. bro what are you trying to do like this is your game this is your problem. and we spoke about it before mm-hmm. we said Rashford has suffered from multiple managers multiple systems multiple positions never really you know people still debating at 23, 24 is he a left winger is he a centre forward he's a goal scorer but no he plays the win bro he's a left wing wizard yeah, yeah. <laughs> just let the man run you know yeah. like Ten Hag's just not pissing around with him that's just exactly, exactly it. what to do that's why he bought Weghorst as stupid as it sounds because he knows Marcus Rashford is like Mo Salah you know they're wingers but only in where they start they always finish in the box on the end of you know chances does it really matter where you start you know in the modern game Lampard would probably be considered like yeah some sort of weird inside midfielder you know where even though he is technically Mm. a midfielder all of his actions are in the box so he's basically a striker you know doesn't really matter don't overcomplicate it yeah that's it right? because Lampard just knew his game inside out and I think the managers knew how to use him whereas for whatever reason ever since Van Gaal every manager struggled to use Rashi there's mm-hmm. been just been flashes Oli got some flashes out of him but you just feel like Ten Hag just knows exactly what he wants to do with Rashford and maybe Sancho who obviously returned midweek I don't know if he actually performed in this game but um, that would be a huge boost completely forgotten about him at this point and if they suddenly unlock Sancho on the other side goodness me Man United are going to suddenly be very, very dangerous. Very, it's a scary very prospect. And you think, yeah, that's probably the beginning of the end for Anthony. But it's a squad game. It's not enough having 11 good players these days. You need about 16, so there's always a place for Anthony. A bit of time wasting at the end, you know, things like that. Well, let's speak about Anthony, because uh, Anthony obviously was the start of the brawl in the 70th minute, <laughs> which was so fun. <laughs> It was quite funny actually because I think what sparked it is I don't know which Palace player it might have been Gahey don't know though Schlup it might have been Schlup actually pretty sure it was Schlup 
It wasn't really like a, an awfully awful tackle. It was robust and it left Anthony in a heap. But I mm-hmm. think where Schlupp was initially going to go over and make sure he's okay, just just stood over him, just in, dominated him. Really, it was one. Of yeah, them. it was. It was. It was powerful. It was a powerful stance, to be honest. But then, yeah, what happened, mate? Really kicked got, off. No, yeah, United players were like, no, I'm not having that. Not having that. Oh, no, so no, good. no. Could have anyway, been a few red off anyway. It was amazing. Did he? <laughs> he just he was like, "Fuck that! I'm not getting involved in this." He, he's bugging off. Casemiro, let's talk about the red card because it's crucial for Man United, and we've seen them dip without Casemiro in the team. It's free match banned currently. Pretty big. That's hard. That's tough. His hands were around his neck, but it wasn't like he was literally throttling him. It was more just like a. Again, I think it was kind of like the whole alpha thing where you're trying to assert dominance. I think it was one of them. Yeah, it just looked... It's because it was different, you know? You don't usually see players <laughs> grab someone both hands around the neck. It's <laughs> just I like the optics like are weird. He was more leading him away as opposed to like, I'm going to fucking... Yeah, you know, yeah, it's just... You know? It's just I don't know why I'm defending it. Like, this is massive for every it's other team from Man United. It is one of them. It if you go for the choke slam, you have to accept the punishment. And, that. and obviously on VAR you put it in slow motion you go yeah. <laughs> obviously you're half expecting him to pick up Will Hughes <laughs> dunk him off the top see the referee come out and start doing the pin I don't know like, it looked bad on VAR for sure yeah, really but, bad yeah, I don't know dude I still don't know if that was a red myself but yeah really naughty really put naughty a dampener Casemiro. a dampener on Man United's win but nonetheless 2-1 three points gained on both United so sorry the cat is causing absolute <laughs> I'm so sorry <laughs> I've been trying to keep it under wraps the shit is going mental um, yeah massive three points for United she's coming back for round two so let's just move on real quick <laughs> yeah Newcastle won West Ham United won um, right I feel like in this game Newcastle mate slowing down a little bit three draws out of the last four um, you said it you it was inevitable it. It was inevitable. They were too finely tuned, you know. They weren't conceding any goals, and then Almiron was scoring every single game as well. He's now stopped scoring, and they're also letting in a few, and voila. All those wins turn into draws so, so quickly. But it's pretty even. Probably a fair result, I think, 1-1. Yeah, mate, that's what happens when Gimmerich has three games off for a ban well I actually wanted to say I, I told a fib in the last pod because I was adamant that Gimmerish was, was out on crutches and he's just come back in he's back in the squad yeah he's actually back like literally like the week after we, we were so literally, wrong literally I literally chatted so much poo there so I apologise um, but like you say I feel like Newcastle are flattering to deceive somewhat now they're just not creating enough to really obviously they've got a monstrous defence which is counteracting mm-hmm. the fact of their lack of their lack of goals but can't rely solely on having a mean defence no. um, and I think we are seeing that lack of attacking out but not for the want of trying shall we say we, they, they definitely had enough chances to to beat West Ham mm-hmm. but I think you've quite rightly pointed him out Aguard at the back for West Ham was the major difference what a player I literally he was not in my consciousness until this game I don't know where he's come from West Ham and Maybe uh, you can enlighten me, Jack. I will enlighten you. So he was actually a thirty-five million pound signing from uh, Wren in the summer. Came oh. twenty-six now. I think he came at twenty-five. Pretty good reputation, but you know he's, he's quite expensive. Thirty-five mil for a centre back from Wren. Um, 
you know, Moroccan, not necessarily known for at the time, not known for creating, you know, hulking great centre backs. Yeah. So you don't you don't yeah. know what you don't know what this is. It's not like if you got an Italian centre back, you kind of feel like you know what you're getting. But yeah, man, he had a stellar World Cup as Morocco got to the semi-finals, and he's been injured a lot for West Ham, but he got fit for the World Cup, and since then he's been he's been really 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 good. And yeah, I feel like. He's been a major difference in West Ham's uptick in form, and if he stays fit, he's probably the second most important player after Declan Rice because you feel like they've got a lot of a lot of attackers that could all kind of switch in, switch out. But this guy looks markedly better than any other defender they've got. Yeah, there was, I mean, I'm thinking of that. Yeah, that one challenge, right? Yeah. That one specific oh. challenge on Callum Wilson. Best oh, challenge wow. of the weekend. Maybe the best challenge wow. of the whole season. I don't even know what happened. It was amazing. He had no right. He had no right to be making that sort of challenge from there. He's gone round the back of him. He's literally yeah. managed to, from behind, wrap his leg. Somehow get the ball cleanly. It wasn't even an appeal from Wilson because he knew it was incredible. so well. It was incredible. Yeah, it, was it was like those... Unbelievable. It's like that old school, like... He was really, really good at tackling. There's one specific guy I'm thinking of. He always used to, like, hook it, you know? He'd like hook the balls, he dispossessed them and then carry on moving. Philip Lahm. It was Philip Lahm. Philip Lahm. It was like that. He'd go from behind, but he'd hook the ball. So he'd just kind of stop with the ball and then just carry on. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. It was Techers. a technique. And I think after that, Newcastle settled for the point. Oh, fuck it. We're yeah. not going to get the goal today, lads. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about Paqueta. You know, we have criticised Paqueta a lot, but he was much brighter in this game. Um, he was. He was. some problems. He was yeah. good. Scored his second goal for West Ham, which is... I'll be honest, that's pretty rubbish, I think, so far, for what was expected of him. But They've had a rough signs season, of life, they? they have had a rough season. Signs of life, and I do still find it very weird that he plays for West Ham. But he looks better. He's trying more stuff. I still don't know mm. if he's going to work out long-term, stylistically, while David Moyes is there. But I'm just happy that he's in the Prem. He's enjoyable to watch, sometimes. All right. And a quick word on Anthony Gordon, obviously making his debut for the Magpies. Yeah. What did you think? I mean, yeah, it was all right, really. Just, it was pretty just, good. Just Anthony Gordon. He's quite good, sometimes not so good. He's just... I'm thinking of that through ball he did for Wilson, though. I think it yeah. was a words tackle, actually. That was, it was. a ball and, a, was and very... a glimpse of maybe what he brings. There is a good player in there. I'm just not convinced that... I feel like this might be one of those things where we've all got a bit carried away about someone who's just quite good no, in a, no, no. In a well, the thing is, is like, Everton prospect we you know? as fans did not get carried away it seems like Newcastle and solely Newcastle <laughs> have got carried away right like, even Everton fans are like what the fuck man like we've made we've pulled your pants down for 40 mil mm. Newcastle think it's a great deal and this is the second time they've gone in for him so are see. you thinking this is like a Wobie where because he's come through and he's homegrown Somewhat, the know. price just starts at a silly price. Eddie Howe had a penchant for kind of what, buying the Liverpool lightweight English wingers. <laughs> so that Bournemouth. I'm thinking, who is that fella? Jordan Ibe. Jordan Ibe. <laughs> I just wonder if like his his, his infatuation. It's his blind spot. Yeah, but these kind of just slight wingers. Maybe it's just it's, it's seeping in. You know, there's too many Jolintons and Bruno Gimmarashes. Yeah, yeah. Newcastle. There's too many big units. We need some lightweight wingers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But speaking we'll of lightweight see. wingers, sorry, yeah. we're running out of time, so I'm trying to get free. Keep moving. Brighton one, Bournemouth nil. Um, 
Who else but Matoma? The best player of the league, yeah, not called Marcus Rashford. Scored the winner. It was Agreed. a header. That's not his style. Love that from him. I don't have anything more to say. He's my favourite player in the Prem. I love him so much. And I just think he's just going to get so good over the next like 12 months. To the point where we start wondering who he should really be playing for. Like, is it Bayern Munich? Is it like, you know? Oh, yeah, Do you know what yeah, I mean, yeah, though? Yeah, it's like mapping his path. Like, yeah. is he an elite player? Because the and more he, he does this, the more you're like, hmm, he could be. He's so noticeable. He's a full Tyrone every game. He's a full Tyrone. Like, everything he, he does, every shimmy, he's sending people to the grave. Mm. You know, he's ending careers. His goal, his goal wasn't the nicest. No. Standard header, but, but that's what I mean. Another that's late not his winner. game. It's not his game, and he's added he's that. becoming a clutch, clutch player for that Brighton team. And I feel yeah. like Brighton needs to give some credit. You know, Brighton have had a horrible window for a window where they barely, where they didn't sell anyone or buy anyone. Do you know what I mean? Like they've been nah, nah, for nah. all the wrong reasons. They've been pulled into the transfer sagas left, right, and centre this season. They so have. They did buy someone the though. They did buy someone. Yes, they did. Mil. Sorry, they bought they bought the next Wonder Kid, who were all going to be singing exactly the same praise <laughs> exactly. in about two and a half years after a loan, as we've discussed. <laughs> um, <laughs> fine, they did some business, but do you know what I mean. Like the whole Caicedo drama would be enough to derail some other teams. Yeah, don't know if Caicedo even played. He might have, in which case. So yeah, so Caicedo started on the bench, and I was going to ask you about this because he came on for the final thirty minutes, and Deserbi before the game had said like, look. He's our player now. Everyone needs to get back on board with him and support him. And the Brighton fans, they gave they gave him a really good reception. Like a lot of roars, very warm feeling when he came off for the final thirty minutes. So, what do you think about that? Less from the Seagulls, to be fair. That's how you get behind your team. I think, I think Brighton fans are doused in reality. I think there's some Brighton fans who remember where Brighton have come from before Tony Bloom bought them. Yeah, they need only look at Solly March hours away. Yeah, exactly. Looking at Solly March, you know, League One, League Two, mm-hmm. Ringma, for fuck's sake. You know, Brian fans have been through some shit. I think it was in Ringma, and like before the Amex, before Tony Bloom masterminded, you know, the, building the Amex and ultimately turned them into a Premier League team and an amazing model. So I think Brian fans accept that this is the best they will probably ever get unless they turn into, you know, Premier League multiple winners. Um, but if they're just selling their best players for 60, 70 mil and mm-hmm. also have what seems to be the best scouting system in the country, dare I say Europe. In the world, mate. Apart what? from apart from maybe like Benfica, who do seem to... Apart I mean, from maybe Benfica, yeah. Benfica have made over 200 mil off, what, two players really in the last six months? So. Uh, if you look at Benfica, who, what those the players they've sold over the last 10 years, it's just unbelievable, but... It's yeah. about Brian, Jack. We're about fucking Brian right now, okay? Apologies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I yeah. can't what my point was. Basically, Brighton fans, I feel like... They You're living the dream. They're living, living the, the dream, dream right now. It's, it's a nice predicament to have, isn't it? Everyone wants your players because you're playing really fucking well and you're a really good team and you've got an amazing scouting system. Like, oh, God, it's so hard being a Brighton fan. It's and not. no one hates you. Everyone likes you because you've done it in Apart such an impressive way. Apart from Christopher. But yeah. even they begrudgingly accept it. You know, it's not like it's just the old story of like, oh, they got loads of money and now they're really good. It's like, no, they didn't get loads of money, actually. They've just made loads of money through being fucking amazing. And that is mm. such such a rarity. So, And also with owner, who's a fan, you know, like someone who literally loves the club as much as you do. 
and yeah. wants the best for the club. It's not. It's not like Arsenal or Man United or Liverpool, even Chelsea really, where the club is ultimately an investment project. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's actually what a football club, what football supporters want the club to be, which is every decision is made with the best interest of the club at heart. Which you can't Agreed. say for a lot of clubs. Now, on to owners who also love the club. Bristol City had a lot mm. of new signings on the pitch this game from, uh, well, micro-owner uh, Michael B. Jordan. They went big in January. You know, they put some money in. Um, Semenyo looks pretty decent. I think there was at least one chance where he was basically through on goal after some good work from him. And then probably should have passed it. But like... Yeah, that's nice, nice footwork. They look good. They played quite well. They got no points. Same story since the World Cup, really. Mm. Um, I feel like they'll come better. Whether there'll be enough to come good. Yes. But I saw enough from Utara, like you say, and Semenyo, that they've got some real options up front alongside Solanke now. They have so made good They have made good reinforcements. In they've the made some acquisitions. Today. You know, can't really say that they haven't been backed. They've just quietly gone about some serious business in that January window, so... You're right though. Let's it's just see. it's very tough at the bottom. Everyone's very strong, so it's more like there's no bad teams really. If you go down, it's not because you were bad. It's just because you weren't quite as good as everyone else. No, I, I think you can honestly say it's not like previous seasons. It's just very competitive this year at the bottom, yeah. especially. So, hundred percent. Right, let's move let's on go. to the West London derby. Chelsea nil, Fulham nil. I watched this live, and I have to say this was actually a really, really good game. I know the scoreline makes it look like it was trash, but. Fulham played exceptionally well and right. Chelsea played like a team that had just been bought the week prior so <laughs> <laughs> you know fair enough nil-nil so not quite a result an, quite an even, even game really overall I mean Fulham were looking for what they they were looking to do the double over Chelsea I, I dare say that Fulham if they'd won it there could be no complaints from Chelsea really mm-hmm. yeah because I think Kepa, Kepa had another good game some good saves I think at this point we can just consider Kepper an actual good keeper, which is still. I find it very difficult to rewire my brain to accept that. When I told you that under Potter, Kepper would be the new number one, and you laughed. Oh, we all laughed. Who's laughing now? Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of Chelsea that I'm still coming to terms with, so. <laughs> the last yeah. will come later I guess right, we'll, we'll move on to Chelsea well I'll quickly give you my recap on Fulham because I honestly believe Fulham deserve to win this one based mm-hmm. on performance William unbelievably unbelievably good like, where was this <laughs> William for Arsenal dude like he literally played like prime Chelsea William this game like it was phenomenal I was really? so impressed with him man <sighs> tracking back now they have a left back I think his name's Robinson never heard of him before yeah oh, he was brilliant as well honestly he looks so good all game like Fulham were playing this like a derby Chelsea were just playing it like a almost like a pre-season game to be honest with you and I think that's fair because you've got all these new players in the team and it was funny just like watching Raheem Sterling on the bench Madawaki on the bench Pulisic in his Parker jacket it's just like bro how are you going to do this but anyway but yeah Fulham really impressed Palinia Palinia oh my days so good bro So I think he got man of the match like Defensively, yeah, best midfielder of all. Picks up a yellow. All the signings, he's the best midfielder on that pitch by a mile. Yeah, yeah, outshone Enzo Fernandez massively. Picked up a yellow early on, just carried on, just carried on. Didn't bother him. Just carried on. He's a beast. We've said it on previous pods. Like it's only a matter of time before he gets snapped up by PSG or someone. Like he's going to the top. He's an animal. He's a top top CDM, and he loves it. So I obviously love him based on that. 
Now I'll talk about Chelsea. Enzo Fernandez looks really good. It's really annoying. He looks really good, and yeah. you feel like he's only going to get better. Looked a little bit overawed, as you would, by the kind of yeah, but ferocity of the game. But some of those passes, so calm, so silky. You can just know there's a good player in there. Yeah, and I think on a debut, new country, like disgustingly large price tag. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot for someone. So there's definitely a good player in there. He's probably more like a 50, 40, 50 mil player right now on ability, but with a very high ceiling. So as long as there's patience from Chelsea, you know, to kind of not rip it up after a season and just push him out to the right wing back position or something, he should be all right. Save him a drink, I think. They're both valued probably half what they are now, but they've got very high ceilings. Yeah, good signs. a bit of a shocker, really. Hooked at half-time. Potter didn't mention that he was carrying an illness this week, so maybe he's just protecting him. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he was just thinking about Arsenal the whole time because he obviously <laughs> wants to go to Arsenal. Who knows? Look, we um, all know big money signings, the strike rate is 50. 50-50. you know, Best the thing case. is, Madueke replaced him and looked really good. And now Chelsea have that. They have a lot of depth. So Yeah, they got too much depth, arguably. That's going to be arguably the new issue. Too much. Yeah. How Top the hell did they offload them? Was he? Every every one of director all the director of footballs, about fifteen of them were there <laughs> next to the other the other owner, what's his name? Benagli. In my head, and are they all wearing the exact same like you know, black sunglasses, the little earpiece, <laughs> and it's just all directors of football just lined up in front of Todd. <laughs> it was quite funny though. The security in the first service. Half they were they were very animated, you know, they were you know, obviously talking through the, the Chelsea consortium co owner, that's not Todd. Yeah. kind of through the game and probably explaining why they went for these signings and by like the 80th minute Fulham were all over them <laughs> they were just sitting there like this <laughs> like shit <laughs> yeah they're like oh, so which God. one's Madrick and they're like oh, it's, it's that guy that Madrick that, that's the guy that's, that was the yeah. guy that spent a lot of money what, the guy the guy that we just took off at half time we did nothing <laughs> no, no no he was here yeah. before we didn't buy that guy <laughs> yeah like, oh, about so um, yeah, it was funny. It was a funny game, and Fulham really sport the party. But you do feel like it's drop points. I don't care. You still expect to beat Fulham at home if you're Chelsea, and I think it's the first time. I can't remember, man. It's probably like 50 years since Fulham took this many points from Chelsea in a season. So yeah, yeah, Fulham looking damn well. good. I just want to go on one last quick round because I'm conscious of time. Chelsea fans on Twitter, can you explain to me what is Kai Havertz? Because I'm really struggling with it at the moment. Like, I know he was unlucky and he hit the post, but he is playing for a striker with the most expensively assembled creative team behind him. And I know, I know the song. I know he scored the winning goal that won you the Champions League and he's a silky German and all that. But, like, what is, what is the point of him? Like, what is he? Because I really don't... I'm just not getting it. I'm not getting it. And for, like, 80 mil, I'm, I'm still not getting it after a season and a half. And I feel like, inevitably, he's going to end up by Munich at some point. And we're just not going to talk mm. about it. You know, I'm just I'm just not getting it. And mm. I want to get it because obviously there's a good player in there, but I'm really struggling because he doesn't seem to do no. very much. Numbers-wise, performance-wise, effort. He's languid. So maybe I'm just I'm just looking at him and I'm like, he's languid. He doesn't, he doesn't work. He's falling into the Urzel languid, doesn't give a fuck type. But I'm and... not getting it. I need it explained <laughs> to me. I need someone to break down what is Kai Havertz because I'm really yeah. struggling... Why he's he is there. living off that Champions League winning goal, though, isn't he? You think yeah. if he hadn't have done that, he might have been shipped off like Timo in the summer. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? 
Like Divo Karigi scored a Champions League winning goal. We didn't keep him. We should have kept him. Look at the state of us Arguably, Divock scores more this season as well than Kai, so... There you go. Yeah. Weird one. But look, I've got no answer for you. That's for you, Chelsea fans. So, you know, hit us up on the socials. We're on TikTok, Insta, Twitter, all that jazz. Soon YouTube, guys. We've got big, big things coming for YouTube. 2023, So stay tuned. Blow-ups happening. Mm-hmm. Until we can actually expose our faces. So enjoy this internet realm. This dead webcam vision. It's coming to an end. <laughs> this Google you meets know. purgatory. <laughs> yeah, we're coming HD, baby, and uh, it might not be very flattering. No, it's going to be a real baptism of fire. So I hope you're looking forward to it as much as we are. But look, yeah. Jack, we've got to wrap this, bros. Nottingham Forest one, Leeds United nil. Brendan Johnson with the early winner. Very Nottingham nice goal. Forest are fine. You know, guys, just relegated no sorry promoted teams right have a look in the mirror buy 30 players <laughs> 30 new players and you'll be fine you exactly. will be fine don't think about the fact that your squad size is max what 25 don't think about that doesn't matter doesn't, doesn't matter. matter create a B team just, just keep, just keep mm. buying them and guess what buying. latest signing signing number 30 Caleb Navas great game what a sign looks really good <laughs> Oh, well, he is so good though like we yeah. know this never Kayla been appreciated actually in that bracket of just top top goalkeepers and as you say still got shafted by Courtois Madrid went PSG and then got shafted by Donnarumma yeah you know, put some respect on his name he's won three Champions Leagues yeah mate he's a, he's a quality goalie and as a stand-in he could be the signing that keeps Forrest up realistically you know just having a world-class goalie to save to just see you through it 24 points level with with Crystal Palace who we said last week was fine so mate yeah, Steve mate. Cooper take a bow lad you weird looking man you've done so well <laughs> you've done so well don't judge a book by its cover he may look don't asleep do. but he is awake honestly, he is woke <laughs> he is oh, doing bits literally put some respect on Cooper's name honestly yeah. I mean is he the best before wait I'm trying to think like, am I about to chat some poo is he Oh no, Eddie Howe. No, yeah. I was gonna say he's like maybe the highest English no, coach. No, 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 no. All my talking book. Um, but no, he's up there. Here's some miserable stats for you. If Liverpool lose next week, which they probably will, and Forest win, <laughs> Forest will be two points behind Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember when Forest had two points of a rock bottom, <laughs> we were like, what bad. a stupid club. They put all that these players, and now look who's the stupid club now. It's the club who didn't buy any players. <laughs> all the wrong players. <laughs> it's true, but they've 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 broken the wheel, right? Yeah. Every I, I said it earlier. I play my fair amount of football manager, and you know what they actually advise? They say don't buy too many players. You'll upset the the dynamics of the squad if you have but too you many faces up- over a short period of time. You can't upset Bollocks. it. If they're all Bollocks. new, you can't upset Bollocks. it. All right. You know what? They started with zero strikers. They've now got seven strikers. You know, it's absolutely bollocks. They've just stacked it. They've stacked it and they're, they're doing well. <laughs> so, Football Manager 24, all right? Lessons need to be learned. Mm-hmm. Facts. There's no dressing Facts. room to upset if there's no dressing room. Just get rid of everyone. Get them all in. No. Who's there to upset? No. They're all happy to be Buy there. 30, sell 60 every year. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> new squads, new vibes, new yeah. adventure. Rip it up. Um, and yeah, last word on Leeds, because we, we are a bit over time. We've, we've been pretty good so far. Leeds, didn't look that good. 
played all right, lost again, <laughs> boring. Um, but they didn't have they wasn't didn't have their new striker on the pitch. They had nah. McKenny. I think he had his first start. So I think let's judge them in a month. You know what it is with Leeds. I keep saying it when we talk about them. It's like they played quite well, but they lost. Yeah. But now we're like more than halfway through the season. That's still happening. So it's not good because mm. we always say playing badly and winning is a sign of a tight winning team so playing well and losing must be the sign of a relegation a relegated team it absolutely is because so what happens when they start playing badly <sighs> see ya I don't even want to think about it don't even want to think about it to be <laughs> honest it'll be see you later Ted Lasso that's all it'll be alright alright well Nice. On that really positive note, that's also see you later from me and Jack. We have enjoyed being back, and we're sorry that we ran over. Just so much to talk about. No, it happens. We've been really good recently, so allow us a little indulgence. And if you're still mm-hmm. here, then you know you enjoyed it. So it's to on be you. fair, I did want to say if you are still here, thank you for putting up with my disruptions from the cat and also the fire alarm that I can't locate. I'll give you a little <laughs> back backstory on this before we go. Like I've taken down every smoke alarm in this flat. And yet the beeping continues, and I cannot for life of me figure out where it's coming from. So, if it's driving that. you crazy, remember that I'm living with it every day, <laughs> every two minutes of every hour. Oh, it's literally like a comedy bit, you know? No matter what you do to the fire alarm, no matter how many times yeah, you smash it and honestly, take it apart, keeps going. I'll take a picture, you can put it on the Insta to prove I've got a carbon monoxide alarm outside now, because I thought it could be that, it's not that. I've got two alarms in the shed just to test <laughs> and it's still inside this beep so I don't know <laughs> could be haunted I don't know what's going on but yeah listeners if you have a device for Hugh please let us know because ideally if you're an electrician, like clean recordings there it goes again in the Suffolk Council Suffolk District of London maybe you could come over I'll give you an autograph and you can just get rid of all these <laughs> I'll take we'll get the you risk. on the pod I've, we'll get you on the pod I've got an induction hob you know, I'll take that risk. I think Pound Five is pretty small. I do use essential oils. The risk is there, but I'll take it because I cannot bear it any longer. So, that's big no. tangent. Anyway, Very big tangent. Massive tangent. Massive fucking tangent. We'll be back <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for listening, everyone, as always. Bye.